Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. How are you feeling after losing an hour's sleep last night? Did you go to bed early or were you naughty and went to bed at the normal time? It's that time of the year that we love and hate, isn't it? We love the fact that we get an extra hour of sunlight at the end of the day, but we hate the fact that we have to get up just for a week or two, I suppose. It's strange, I was saying earlier on, uh, I'm excited to share what I want to share today. Uh, I'm not angry, so if you think I'm angry, I'm not. I had my Snickers this morning. <clears throat> but I feel sometimes it's good to be direct, amen? <laughs> uh, because sometimes we need to hear straight from the Lord. He's our Father, and sometimes Dad's have to get our attention, don't they? Amen? So I hope today, if that's you, it's not an oppressive thing. Um, But I was preparing this week, and I was excited, because it's one of those times when I was preparing my sermon. It doesn't always happen like this, where you feel like 90% inspiration and 10% perspiration. Often it's the other way around, and you're just, Lord, I need to hear from you, thank you, and you have to work hard, and other times it's just like, ooh, it's like a download. Anyway, I came to the, towards the end of my preparation, I was at a coffee shop this week preparing, and I suddenly realized what today was, and uh, oh, no, it's the 28th of March, um, but it's also the time when the clocks go forward, and I'm, I'm actually speaking about having a timely faith today, so I was just grateful to the Lord, it was like a little encouragement for me. Do you think it's fair to say that some of us have quite a casual relationship with timekeeping? Why are you laughing? (laughs) It's because it's true, isn't it? Some people are quite diligent when it comes to time. Others just, it's like impossible to be on time. Uh, Sometimes we joke about cultures. I know the phrase Africa time. Has anyone ever heard that before? Has anyone ever heard the phrase island time? Uh, it seems like some societies are really uptight with timekeeping and others are like, hey, we'll get there. Uh, and it's an interesting discussion because, you know, to some people it's really important and to others it's not such a big deal. And they're like, why are you controlled by that thing on your wrist? It's just a watch. Uh, I want to talk about time today because at the end of the day, time is God's creation. Uh, time is a word that we use to create units that tell the time, for argument's sake. Let me try and explain that to you. In God's creation, if you look into creation, you can see rhythms. Amen? Have you ever noticed the tide comes in and then it goes out? And that's related to gravity and creation. Have you noticed that we have daytime and nighttime? Have you noticed that we have seasons? We're currently moving solidly into spring, praise God. Summer is on Tuesday, get ready for that. You missed the joke. I know. Uh, So get get your shorts and t-shirts and flip-flops out, but don't put your coats away. Um, We have seasons, we have these rhythms that God has built into creation. And so we, as human beings, have come up with things called... uh, days and nights and weeks and months and years Um, and these are all things our calendars these are all things that we use to try and quantify where we are in the orbit around the sun 365 days it takes to go around the sun we've decided that's we've worked it out 
and we've called it 365 days. Can you understand the idea of time and how we define it? It might seem like it's a human invention, but God has built rhythms. Everyone say rhythms into creation. And they are constant and they are consistent. Amen? They're not random. At the heart of it, they are very consistent. Have you noticed that <clears throat> things have a lifespan? So if you buy a thing, it's nice and shiny when you first get it, but when you use it for a while, it gets old and it breaks. Have you ever thought about that? That's part of this thing that we call time. Things have a beginning and an end. If you've been around a while, you'll realize that we're born, we live, we die. Plants, oh, they germinate, they grow, they die. There are these rhythms. Rhythms that God has built into creation for a very real purpose. And, and I want us not to despise our watches and our clocks. My goal today is for us to understand that God has timely things that he wants to do. Amen. This watch helps me to be organized. It helps me to be disciplined. We don't like those words necessarily, but they're important in the kingdom scale. All right. God has a kingdom time scale that he has set in place. You know, we understand that God lives outside of time. Time is not where God lives. He looks at the same time he can see the beginning of time and he looks across and he can see the end of time. He sees everything that we just call this timeline. We only know now, don't we? And when we look back, we can remember but God sees the beginning and the end at the same time. He lives outside of time, but he's created these rhythms so that we can know him. Um, something that I want to say today that our most valuable asset, as we get going today, our most valuable asset is our time. Hopefully you've realized by now that when it's gone, it's gone. Amen? This service is due to finish at about 12, 12.30, and it will be over. We can't have it again. Amen? When today is finished, it becomes the 29th of March. Every year, these have these dates, but not every one of those days is the same each year. Amen? Today, when it's gone, is gone. And we have to seize the moment when it makes itself apparent. Our watches, as I was saying earlier on, or our clocks, they're essential to discipline. They're essential to organization and even salvation when it plays out. Amen? Being timely affects our eternal nature too. The Bible uses two words. When you read the word time in the New Testament, there are two major words, that the Greek words, that the Bible uses that are interpreted as time. One of them is the word chronos. Everyone say chronos. That's where we get chronological from. It's, when, it, when, it describes, it describes, when it describes time, it talks about it as tick-tock, tick-tock, from the beginning to the end time. Yes? Just that ongoing time. Never stops. Keeps moving forward. Tick-tock, tick. And then there's another Greek word. Say the word with me. Kairos. That means a moment in time. Which can be very brief. It can be a day. It can be a week. It can be months. It can be years. But it's a portion of Kronos. 
Does that make sense? Today I want to talk about moments in time, kairos moments that God has ordained that we need to discern, we need to be able to tell the time, kingdom clock, amen, and act and do and bend ourselves in response to that. So Greg finished our series, if you've been following along, we've been doing a series called Anchored, and last week Greg talked about the will of God, and he said that there are two Greek words, one of them is thelema, and one of them is bulema, bulemai, I can't remember exactly, but it goes like one of them is the desire of God. So when you read will, it's his desire. He would like it to happen. But we have to bend our will to meet God's will to see it achieved. Amen. We interact with God to see his desire come to fruition in our lives. And then there is the other one, which is the will of God, where he will do what he will do no matter what we decide. But we should still bend our will to meet that will. Amen. When we bend our will to meet his desire and his will, his fullness will come to be in our lives. His promises, his blessings, they will fill our lives and through our lives we'll be a blessing too. Amen? So this idea of time really ties into the idea of God's will, his desire, and us bending our will to meet it. So I'd like to take some time today just to illustrate that for you. Because God has a kingdom time scale. God has, like he has a kingdom culture, which no matter where we are from, we have to adopt as believers. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I'm an Englishman, and I am, and I'm typically quite a reserved person, and I am, you might not believe it sometimes, and God says that I must exuberantly praise him, even though I feel uncomfortable, I have to bend my will to meet his kingdom culture because he's worthy of my praise. When it comes to his will, I have to bend my will to meet his will too. So let me show you what I mean. And, and the premise behind this is, please bear with me, okay? If we are not diligent in this life, if we're not disciplined, if we're not organized, that casual relationship we have with time might impact on our spirituality. Amen? And I don't want that to be our reality. Let's, let me show you what I mean. Palm Sunday today. Next Sunday is the most immense Kairos moment of history. Where Jesus died on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins, to carry the wrath of God for all of sin, to die and to be raised three days later back to life that we may be raised through him. That was an appointed moment in time. And I want to illustrate that for you today. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 6. It can go up on the screen. Thank you. Listen to this. Paul writes in Romans, You see, at just the right time, kairos is the Greek word there, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Have you understood yet that Jesus is never late? Jesus is never early. He's always right on time. Are you grateful? I tell you what, 
I am grateful that when God had appointed that moment for Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, I am grateful that Jesus bent his will to the will of his Father, that Jesus was so in connection and contact with God his Father that he understood the times, that he understood God's will for him, that he was prepared to say, God, not my will but yours. And to wake up that morning and get dressed knowing exactly how the day was going to pan out and be where he needed to be right on time so that he could go through what he had to go through so that you and I can be here today and celebrate Easter and celebrate his presence. Amen. So I understand what it's like to be human. I understand that we lost an hour's sleep, but I bet my bottom dollar that people maybe decided not to come today because they just wanted to rest. It was just a bit too much effort to get ready. It was too much effort to be there. Guys, as far as I can see, God willing, we are moving out of these levels that they've had to impose to get hold of the pandemic. And yet I know that there are people who are loving the fact that they can go to church in their jammies and watch the online service. It's so convenient. But I want to tell you that here and now with people involved, the body of Christ, there are things that God wants to do in your life and through your life that he couldn't do if you were looking online. And I understand God is gracious. Some people can't be here, and that's exactly what the online service is for, and God can do what he wants to do, but if you can be here, get here, because God might want to do something in your life, and you're just a bit disorganized, or you're just a bit tired, or a bit lazy, and you're going to miss it. I'm so grateful to Jesus that he didn't say, I'm just going to stay in bed today. I'm not trying to hit you with a stick, please. But I, this is the reality, amen? And I'm thankful for God's grace, but sometimes the decisions that we make have implications for us. And so we want to have a timely faith. Listen to this, John 7 verse 6. John, uh, Jesus' brothers are saying to him, hey man, come out, let people see who you are uh, and do these kind of things that you've been doing. And this is Jesus' response. He says in verse 6, therefore he told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. Ouch. Hey, I know when my time is. I know what God wants to do through me. I know what he wants to do in me, and I'm not going to be early, but I sure as heck am not going to be late either. When it's time, it's time. Don't be so laid back about God's kingdom timescale, is our interpretation of that. Amen? There is a real timeline that God is working to. Abraham and Sarah, let's move to them. God made a promise to Abraham. He says, I'm going to bless mankind through you. Generations are going to be blessed through you. Your inheritance, your ancestors are going to be like the stars in the sky. And he was talking to a man who was very old, who had a wife, who had gone through menopause, and was too old for this childbearing business. And, but God said, I'm going to give you a child. 
We can look back and see the story and say, praise God. But did you realize that between God saying, I'm going to do this, and it actually happened, it took 10 years. 10 years of watching the calendar for that right time of the month so that they could lie together and conceive. What's the application to that? Sometimes we have to do, we have to go through what we would say going through the motions. It's a bit dry, it's not really happening. You know, we would love it if God said, hey, you're going to fall pregnant, we go and sleep together once, and bam, it happened. That's what we like. Instant answers to prayer, instant gratification, and yet God says, I want you to act in faith, do what I've told you to do. Let's read the scripture. Uh, Romans 9 verse 9, it says, for this was how the promise was stated, at the appointed Kairos, I will return and Sarah will have a son. There are things that God wants to do in your life and you have to live doing the things you know you ought to do and it might not be fireworks every single day. You might not love everything, you might feel dry at times, but you faithfully are doing them and God's moment comes and he does what he wanted to do. But if you're like, I just can't be bothered, you could miss it. Amen? Abraham and Sarah had to bend their will. And thankfully they did, because you and I are their descendants. Amen? Even Jesus. Salvation. How important is Kairos moments in salvation? Let's read. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, In the time, Kairos, of my favor, I heard you, and in the day, the day, the very specific day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. How does God's message of salvation come to you? through someone preaching or through the reading of the word. And when you understand the truth of the gospel, something has to happen, doesn't it? You have to bend your will and say, God, I'm going to take a moment right now in the middle of my day to respond to your invitation. I'm going to own it. I'm going to say, yes, now is the time of salvation, not later when I get home or maybe tomorrow because we don't know if tomorrow will come. Amen? That sounds very dramatic, James. It's the reality. And we, as we get older, and I speak for myself, realize that time is fleeting and that as you get older, your time is shorter and shorter. So you can't be faffing about you can't be indulging yourself with frivolous stuff because your greatest gift from God is time. To respond, to act. Today is the day of salvation. If God is calling you and your heart is beating, act now and be changed forever. The devil wants to tell you, there's time. Just wait. It's okay. You'll get another opportunity. Mark 1.15, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. Salvation is key, this idea of timely faith. 
Uh, let's talk about present sufferings. How many of you are enjoying the sufferings? <laughs> We're very mature if we are. That's for sure. No one likes the suffering. Everyone loves the idea of the future glory. Amen? But the reality is, let's read Romans 8, verse 18. I consider that our present, that word is kairos, sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You know, if you truly believe that there is a kairos moment waiting for you when God is going to glorify you, then you will be able to endure the sufferings and embrace them in a sense. Amen. But if you are in, you're, you're not sure about the glory, then you're going to be resistant to embracing the suffering. And you're going, to, you're going to miss what God might be wanting to do in your life. Amen. If you believe that God's going to reward you for, for the good that you do in his name, that will motivate you to keep doing good. If, if you believe that God will reward you for sharing the gospel, even though you're persecuted for it, it will help you to keep going because you know that this, this time is finite. It will have an end, amen? It's not forever, even though we sometimes live like we have forever. Good to others. Galatians 6, 9 to 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper, the word is kairos, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have kairos, opportunity. Let us do good to all people and especially those who belong to the family of believers. It's hard to do good to people who are of the family of believers if we never meet together. Amen? How many of you are aware of all the one another's in the Bible? God has made us to be in a family. Amen? We are blessed by God but we are blessed through his family too. And we are a blessing to his family. Amen. So, as I was preparing, I remembered an incident in uh, our lives when we were still living in Zimbabwe. Before Heidi was gratefully able to have eye surgery, uh, she had to wear glasses and had to have contact lenses. Um, and if you know anything about Zimbabwe, ordinary things regularly are very not available. So things like lens solution, which we take for granted. We can go to Boots on any pharmacy and they'll have five, six, ten different types of lens solution. Lens solution was short. There were no foreign currency. Pharmacies couldn't buy the medicines. And so there was a time when Heidi was really, really struggling. <clears throat> And uh, so some time had passed, and one of our friends from church came to us and said to us, I really feel like God told me I must give this to you. And he gave Heidi, like, I don't know, two or three bottles of lens solution. And we were like, this is amazing, and we were really grateful. But the fact is, he said to us that God had told him three or four months ago to do this, and he had only just got around to doing it. And in that time... God could have blessed Heidi, and yet his delayed obedience impacted on other people. So I'm not, we're not bitter about that. But in that moment, God really made me aware that sometimes he tells me to do things, and my delayed obedience is actually disobedience. We say that to our children. Well, we did. They're a bit big now. But we always used to say, obey straight away. 
Delayed obedience is disobedience. Do it right away. And that applies. Let me apply that for you. So when God puts someone on your heart and says, pray, don't be like, well, I'll just give it a couple of hours and when I'm finished doing this, then I'll go and find a nice quiet spot somewhere and I'll sit down and pray. Sometimes in that moment, God wants you to acknowledge that he has called you to pray. You might not be able to pray how you want to pray, but you pray simply. And in that moment, God uses that prayer, very time scale applied to that person who is whatever it is that God's telling you to pray for them. Amen? Maybe God's telling you to give somebody a prophetic word. And you're like, oh, I really need to go. It's lunchtime. I'll give it to them next week when I see them at church. You know what normally happens? They don't come to church that week. Blah, blah, blah. When you get a word from God for somebody, I want to challenge you to flex that spiritual muscle and give the word because time counts. Amen? Maybe God tells you to give a gift to somebody. It might be money. It might be something else like lens solution. When he tells you to do it, do it. Amen? Don't negotiate in your mind. Don't let the devil fill you with confusion. Just act in obedience and trust God. Amen? What about the timely gift of your time? You're really busy. There's loads going on. You know someone else is moving house. They could really do with your help. And you're like, oh, I don't really want to do it. Give them your time. Trust God to bless you with what you need. What about the gospel? You're chatting to somebody and the conversation naturally turns to the things of eternity and you have an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. And you're like, oh, got to go, got to go. And you miss an opportunity to share the most wonderful news. What about you're chatting to somebody and they say, oh, I'm really struggling. I've got this pain. Oh, I'm sore. I've got this problem. A quick prayer. Do it right there and then. The power of the gospel is in your mouth. You release kingdom power through your words. Amen? But you might miss the opportunity if you don't take it. So do it. Uh, I'm nearly done. Lifestyle. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every kairos, opportunity, the Bible says to us, because the days are evil. How are you living your days? How are you living your time? What are you giving yourself to? You know when you've spent it, it's gone. You cannot get that moment back. Live wisely. Time is your most precious resource. Don't spend your time building up regrets. Amen? That's profound because we do that subconsciously. Don't spend your time building up regrets. And my last one that I want to talk about is that moment when Kronos ends, when tick, tock, tick, tock, tick. You know that's coming, eh? The Bible says on Judgment Day, time will cease. Your watch will become a useless trinket on your arm. 
Because at that instant, and we don't know when it is, how you were found is how you will be. Amen? We always used to say this phrase when we were younger, when we were pulling a face to somebody, if the wind changes, you'll stay like that forever. It was like a joke. The point is, there will come a point where time ends and you will be as you will be found. You, we will all stand before Jesus. It's like matrix. Time will cease, everything will stop, and individually we'll stand before him. The Bible says that everything that was done in secret will be shouted from the mountaintops. The Bible says that we'll be judged for every empty word that we spoke. In that moment, we'll stand before Jesus. We won't all get punished, but there will be a judgment. Amen? Just, just pause now. Forget about your lunch. Jesus will call us to account. How will we be found? How will we be found? You know, on a basic level, the Bible says, if you were his friend, you were a Christian, you'd cross the line of faith. When that hour or that minute or that second came where judgment began, you will forever remain his friend. If you were his foe, you will forever remain his foe. He will say, away from me, I never knew you. Time will cease and we'll enter eternity how we left in some regard. Amen? It's a weighty thought, isn't it? It's a weighty thought. God has appointed wondrous things for us. And too often we get caught living our lives ambivalently, recklessly, squandering opportunities, often oblivious because we're so out of touch with our Father that we didn't see them coming, you know? Other times we just willingly thought, I can't be bothered. I'd rather, whatever you can insert. Let's seize the day, amen, for Jesus. Let's receive everything he has for us in this life and build up an inheritance for ourselves that is immeasurable in eternity and let us be a vessel that he can use because we're willing to bend so that others may know him, so that others may know freedom in him, so others may know healing and truth and life in him, amen? That, that we can fill our pack with into eternity. There's no limit. Let's not build up regrets. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.